From surfer to providing ocean therapy for veterans and first responders, Rob Sanderson shares his purpose of turning his passion of surfing into a nonprofit. My favorite thing he said was, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of what you did that day, then that's the true key of happiness. Stay tuned to his incredible story. You won't want to miss it. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the incredible Rob Sanderson. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate you having me. So Rob and I have known each other since January? Yeah, Bunker yeah. Labs. Yeah, Bunker Labs. We met at a networking event and <laughs> we just joked about it. I'm like, immediately became best friends. <laughs> But that seems how it goes, right? It's like you know somebody and then you know somebody and you just keep connecting the dots. So Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, Rob Sanderson is the co-founder of Serve Waves Enjoy Life, also known as Swell, a nonprofit that seeks to reinvigorate our nation's heroes through surfing. Having experienced personal and professional traumas, Rob is a sympathetic peer for veterans and first responders, as well as suited to guide them to the path of decompression. Swell provides the means to disconnect and process stress through the healing power of the ocean. As a surf coach, he understands firsthand how veterans and first responders benefit from the surf and ocean decompression. Also, as a police sergeant with 18 years of dedicated service and commitment to excellence in public safety, he has been a leader in all aspects of policing. His motto is decompress, disconnect, and reinvigorate. Well, Rob, you have just such a wonderful story. And so I I always start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Oh, I mean, that's... uh... That's a great question. I, I think when you invest in others, you end up receiving more personally than you give. And, uh, you know, I think it's a special mission to really put yourself into assisting and pushing up others and, and helping them develop to be the best that they can be and whatever that means. So um, selfishly, for me, um, seeing others um you know, benefit from my mission is is all the reward that that you could ever uh, expect. So, you know, I would say that investing is other, in others is how I kind of keep my candle lit. Mm, I love that. I love that. How investing in others is how you keep your candle lit. Yeah, I like that. So, I, I read that you had um, faced personal and professional trauma. So, do you care to share that with us? Yeah. So. Um, Obviously, being a cop for 18 years, you see a lot of things, um, you know, and you experience a lot of things. And I was talking with uh, Wayne Mulder, who we both know with yeah. the Blue Line podcast and, you know, kind of discussing some of the things that we've experienced in our career. He's also a police sergeant. And, um, you know, a lot of things we see and experience don't necessarily get us, but it's the reaction of that family member when you're given the death notification or when they see their loved one's been hurt or the victim of the violent crime. And you kind of get that secondary uh, stress trauma. And, you know, as people, you end up kind of embodying some of that and digesting it with you. So Mm -hmm. over the years, uh, I was a police officer and 
Gulfport, Mississippi, when Hurricane Katrina came through, mm. uh, just kind of devastated the area. So, you know, there was obviously a lot of cumulative and acute stress when it came to that and seeing uh, kind of the effects on human nature uh, was was interesting. Uh, we worked 48 days straight, 16-hour shifts. Wow. And then I worked six months of 12-hour shifts for five days a week. Uh, before finally coming up to Kansas City. And, you know, you just, you see a lot, you really don't have that opportunity to decompress. So, you know, that accompanied with just the day in and day out stressors of being a police officer is difficult. You know, personally, unfortunately, I've had a lot of, well, I, I guess bad situations in my personal life when it comes to family members. My brother was a um, lifelong drug addict. Um, <laughs> back, I had to uh, drive to Austin, Texas to take him off of a ventilator and watch him pass. And that's not a pretty sight. A few months prior to that, my father and, and grandmother passed the same day unexpectedly, which was, you know, obviously a difficult thing. And kind of throughout these periods of my life, um, mm. you know, seeking an opportunity to kind of, you know, decompress and disconnect from the situation. And I've always just used surfing to do that. Wow. 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 That's a lot of loss. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how did you find surfing? Like, did you surf before this or were you like, Hey, I need something and grabbed a piece of wood and then out you went, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I grew up on the coast. Uh, I was a Navy brat. So there's my dad's helmet. As a matter of fact, uh, he's a Navy pilot. So I live in Florida, Hawaii, California, Virginia, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, and now Kansas. Um, so nowhere you know, near the coast for those of you following along. <laughs> yeah, it's just a short day's drive or so. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, surfing was something I started well before I was a police officer, and just something I did for fun as a sport. And then, you know, obviously, as as my life continued, I found it as more of a you know opportunity really to decompress and deal with the stressors of day daily life. And then, obviously, as a police officer, those kind of compound and then, you know, making surf trips. Once I moved up here, you know, making three or four a year at least. Wow. Nice. And now you're, you've created this nonprofit and you take first responders and veterans with you. Yeah. So that, that kind of started organically. And Shay, the, the funny thing about surfing is the only thing worse than not being able to go surfing is being able to go surfing, but not having anybody to go with. So uh, okay, uh, I started reaching out to my buddies at work um, some of them combat veterans and, and seeing if they wanted to go on surf trips and teaching them how. And maybe about a year or so ago, um, I kind of had that aha moment when I took a buddy of mine out and he's the, if you were to look up hypervigilance in the dictionary, like his picture would be there. <laughs> and um, I took him surfing. We were at a conference down in Texas and we made a quick trip down to Corpus Christi's where I went to college and met up with some buddies, got him out on the board. And I just saw him like shed those layers mm -hmm. of hypervigilant stress and just the elation on his face from surfing, um, yeah. you know, born and raised in the Midwest. So he never really had that experience before. I thought, you know, here's something that we could do that. Yeah. It's a bit of a novelty being in the Midwest and in Kansas city, but I think that novelty is kind of what makes it special because you know, people vacation on the beach right. anyway. Mm -hmm. So they get, you know, the ocean relaxing, um, but teaching them that skill of surfing, something that I enjoy to do. And, um, you know, me and a few other buddies got together and decided to form swell. Good for you. Good for you. So when you say that you were a Navy 
Brad, did you, were you in the Navy at all? No, never was in the service. Uh, went through most of Marine Corps officer candidate school, got injured and uh, went <laughs> police route instead. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're almost, almost <laughs> a, a, a Marine, huh? <laughs> yeah. Those are the hardest men and women I think I've ever met in my entire life for the, you know, eight and a half weeks I was there. Wow. Well, good for, for you for, I'm sorry you got hurt, but at least you tried, right? Most people That's don't right. even try. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, a a kid who grew up on the coast, when did you like fall in love with surfing? When did that start? You know, I think living in California, I was always in Florida. I was always drawn to the ocean. Um, but really, um, it started truly becoming a part of who I was in college. You know, being in college and a, a young man, there's a lot of stress out there and trying to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really became a part of my identity then. Um, and, and even back then, a way for me to kind of dump my bucket, you know? Nice. Nice. So uh, what obstacles did you overcome that you, besides, I know you talked about the trauma, but was there anything else that you just went, you know, this is so beneficial to me. I want to have somebody else come along with me. Cause you said you, you can't surf alone, but yeah, you kind of can. <laughs> so was there yeah. like, Oh, this would be so great if there was, you know, somebody else with you. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm one of those people that likes to be a part of a team and a group go do, you know, have adventures. And um, probably one of my favorite surfing memories was uh, when I was a cop in Mississippi, me and a couple of buddies from college decided to go to Costa Rica. So we packed a backpack or surfboards, flew to Costa Rica, rented like a Suzuki Samurai and drove up and down the coast for 12 days. And I think we did it all on a budget of like under a thousand dollars, including plane tickets. So we're staying like roadside hostels, eating out of, you know, little food stands and stuff like that. So uh, having that, you know, background and in the back of my mind, um, you know, I've always really enjoyed making these and having these adventures and trips with, with buddies. So the closer I got with people, you know, in Kansas city, the more I wanted to share that experience with them. So, uh, you know, it kind of built, like I said, organically really. And um, I can think back, um, Around the same time that I had taken my buddy down to Corpus Christi, we had a, an officer that was involved in a critical incident, and uh, it was one of those deals to where, you know, he had to be off work for a while, and they had to investigate it to make sure everything was justified and all that. And sure. When he came back, he was completely justified, but you could see just how much that had taken a toll on him being separated from, you know, his safety net at work and, and um, you know, having to kind of sit and wait that... I recognize that there was a need for other positive outlets for first responders and also veterans. And he, again, was another combat veteran. You know, it's so interesting because you're talking about um, first responder, or I'm sorry, you're talking about veterans and trauma, right? And it's kind of like stigmatized stereotype that PTSD is only with veterans, but it's also first responders and people don't think about that. It's not only just for first responders, it's pretty much everyone in the world has suffered some sort of trauma. So uh, I love that you really tapped into the first responders part because there's especially everything that's going on in the world right now. You know, police officers are having to handle an enormous amount of stress. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a difficult time to to be in law enforcement for sure. You know, and, and I think especially for cops, the fact that we don't have any control over what somebody else across the nation does or 
Um, there's no national standard for hiring retention. It's, you know, different departments are different. And, right. um, you know, we're painted with this broad brush is, is a difficult thing, um, you know, especially those officers that are uh, on the front line dealing with the screaming crowds and people that are upset and they have a right to be upset. You know, there's, there's things that have gone on in this country that, that are not justified and, um, you know, need their voices need to be heard. But again, that's not a, an easy pill to swallow, especially made an effort to, to be the good police officer, to be a good public servant. So what made you decide, I know that you've talked about the Marine Corps, but what made you decide to go into, like you said, public service, you could have done anything. You know, being young, like I was, uh, I did a ride along with a friend of mine that was a new police officer. And I just saw, you know, hey, you get to get a little bit of danger, you know, drive a police car, wear a uniform, represent something. And, you know, also the service aspect, being a Navy brat, like early on, I got instilled that you need to be of service to something greater than yourself. So yeah, I love that um, kind of a fabric to my being is uh, serving others. So that's big picture why I got into it. Mm, I love that. You definitely, from knowing you, you definitely have a heart of service and that's so rare to come by. So uh, I just want to say thank you because I know you and think it's phenomenal that you have this heart of service and the fact that you've taken it a step further and now created this nonprofit. How was that process for you creating the nonprofit? Was it, I know you said you, a couple of guys. So did you guys like figure out who was going to do what? Did you just go hire someone else to do it? Did you go, okay, how are we going to work together as a team? Yeah. So um, I've got a couple of really good friends and just like you and me, like when I first met them, I just knew that we were going to be friends. So mm-hmm. one of the guys is the guy I grew up surfing with out in um, Corpus Christi. He now lives in California and he uh, works for a wetsuit company. Nice. So he's the one that designed our logo um, and has helped us with our, all of our gear. He was on board immediately. Another guy was a neighbor of mine that I looked in his garage one, door, one day and saw that he had a surfboard hanging in his garage. And it turns out he used to live in Hawaii. So he and I immediately became friends, surf, started surfing. And the other was the uh, combat veteran that I spoke with or spoke about earlier. And we just kind of pulled our head together and said, you know, ironed it out, kind of drew it in crayon. We were very fortunate to um, get a helping hand up with people like Rob Hughes and KMC9, mm-hmm. putting us in touch with, with people. Actually, I think I met him or met you through him at the bunker. Yeah. yeah. Um, War Horse for Veterans and Patrick Benson. It's been a huge help. Uh, Jason Kleback and those guys out there. And then also uh, Joseph Williams with After Action Network. So, um, you know, we really didn't have a, a roadmap. We just uh, kind of tackled things as they came, you know, did a lot of reading mm-hmm. and uh, put everything together and submitted all of our paperwork and were approved and then uh, kind of running strong ever since. You had just mentioned your buddy who's out in California with the wetsuits. And for those of you who don't know, he also has merchandise, which is amazing. So tell us about the logo and what it means. Yeah, I mean, we've got um, some really cool logos that my buddy out in California designed. uh, And 100% of the proceeds from those go directly into the program. So 
Um, we've got the cool cross surfboard logo with SWEL on there. And then also uh, a round logo with um, kind of some rippled waves and a sunset in the background. Um, some really good quality hats, uh, t-shirts, got some UV hoodies and stuff like that, fishing hoodies. So yeah, uh, if you get a chance to go onto our website, theswell.org and check that out for sure. Yeah. And believe me, folks, these are the softest t-shirts I've ever, uh, had one on before. It was awesome. And I have a hat too, and I love it to wear to the pool or throw to, you know, with the grocery store or whatever. So yeah, I, I, I definitely have the merchandise. So as a surf coach, is that what you call yourself? A surf coach? Yeah. Yeah. Surf. Coach. Yeah. So I'm suffered trauma and I'm going to go surfing. So we're going to take this 15, 20 hour drive, whatever to the coast. And then what? Because I've never been surfing before. So we would probably start um, with you paddling around these lakes, kind of learn how to surf or sit on a surfboard, paddle one a little bit, kind of get your endurance up a little. Um, and then, you know, once we get out there to the coast, it'd be a matter of us, um, teaching you how to pop up uh, on a board and then into the front breakers and pushing you into a few waves and then hopefully getting you out there in the lineup and and pushing you into some bigger waves and then eventually you can paddle into your own. Gotcha. So if someone wanted to do this at home, what would you recommend? Well, first of all, you need to find a friend that knows how to surf. <laughs> oh, perfect. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Because um, just like golf or tennis or baseball, there's an etiquette to surfing. And the last thing you want to do is go into a local lineup and, um, you know, snake somebody on a wave and start a fist fight. So gotcha. Uh, having kind of a guide is certainly uh, helpful, just like with getting into any sport, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then uh, there's a lot of good surf camps out there. Like I, I went took my wife to the Dominican Republic and she joined one of the uh, surf camps out there. So I, um, one of those day or two day surf camps is always a good idea to, to kind of get some coaching as well. Nice. So it's not like scuba diving where you need like a certification or anything to go. You can just, no. okay. You can find a surf coach, find somebody who knows how to do it. And yeah, yeah I'm yeah. pushing a couple waves and you know, after that it's pretty intuitive. Awesome. But you, do you recommend training first? Absolutely. You need to make sure that, um, you know, what I always tell people is you never want to paddle out further than you're comfortable swimming in. You know, and I've made that mistake before. I uh, had a near drowning incident. Luckily, there was another surfer kind of popping up. I, uh, again, young and not probably making the best decisions, paddle <laughs> out to a, a, maybe a seven-foot day. It was early morning. The tide was coming out. So, you know, the water was kind of going out towards the Gulf and took off on a backside, kind of a bigger wave and lost my board. My board went all the way into shore and we were probably 150 yards out. Oh, wow. I went to try to swim back in towards it, but the tide kept pushing me out and uh, lost a lot of my energy, almost all of it. Luckily, over uh, a wave pop, a guy I knew and he was able to put me on his board and paddle me in. So, wow. Make sure that. Um, you know, your, your stamina and, and swimming is, is on par for as far out as you want to go. Well, and there's another reason why you need to, you can't surf alone, right? It's because if something happens, you got to have somebody that to kind of keep an eye on you. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's never a bad thing. I mean, I have surfed by myself before, but I, I wouldn't say that you would want to do that on a bigger day. You know, if it's small and it's breaking, you know, 50 yards offshore, that's not that big of a deal, but certainly having somebody out there 
uh, to keep an eye on you is a good thing. And do you always recommend a wetsuit or do you just sometimes just go in your board shorts and take off? Well, yeah, I guess it depends on where you're going. Um, you know, the preferred thing is not to have to wear a wetsuit. So most surfers go in like the least amount of material as they can. Gotcha. California generally, with the exception of like maybe a few weeks out of the year, have to wear some form, whether it's just a top or a sleeveless top. Um, but yeah, the Gulf, uh, obviously you can go out there, um, no wetsuit a lot of the year, which is nice. And, and the reason is when you're paddling with a wetsuit, they're, you know, somewhat restrictive. They've gotten better over the years, but, um, yeah, they are a little bit restrictive. So it's kind of your tolerance really. And gotcha. how you can stay in the cold water. Oh, gotcha. Cause it's not warm always. Right. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So what's next for swell? We are actually making a trip, uh, hopefully, uh, as long as COVID doesn't shut us all down, to Seal Beach, California. Um, We're going August 21st to the 24th, and we're sponsoring three Overland Park police officers. Mm. Um, We're very close with the officer that was killed in line of duty, Mike Mosier. Um, And, you know, we've already got all the funding for that uh, and everything lined up with the equipment and the gear. Got some good sponsorships out on the West Coast that are going to help us out. Uh, and then also uh, Patrick Benson is going to come with us too uh, with War Horses. Nice. So that's the that's the planned trip. We plan on um, doing a beach cleanup while we're out there, mm-hmm. and also having a what they call a paddle out for uh, Officer Mosier. And it's more or less kind of a circle up out in the lineup with lays and um, kind of a tribute to, to him as well to kind of help those guys maybe decompress a little bit and disconnect from their kind of you know, daily lives and, and what they've been dealing with for the last several months. Mm, wow. And, and honor him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. So that's short term. What's long term? What's your big, what's your big audacious goal? You know, I would like to be able to fund trips uh, every couple of months and, and take as many veterans, first responders out to the coast as we can. You know, the, the idea is to keep this going and, you know, the more, um, that we can impact, obviously, the better. Like I said, having these positive outlets is so important um, to to keep these police officers and firefighters and medics and nurses and everybody else kind of, you know, able to to do the job that they're doing. Awesome, 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 awesome. And so how can people help? And what are you looking for? You know, at this point, exposure is awesome. Um, you know, donations are Equally as great, but, you know, purchase a hat, purchase a T-shirt. Again, um, you know, 100% of the proceeds from those items go directly into the program. So, um, you know, they're, and they're cool, like you said. So I appreciate all your support and, and supporting our gear like you do. So, yeah, um, you know, that's that's the biggest thing is, is getting the word out there and letting people know what we're doing. Um, we've got ample opportunity to serve more veterans, first responders. So, um you know, funding those trips is, is priority number one. Nice. And so right now you're, we're in the heart of the country in the Midwest. Are you hoping to expand at some point? You know, I, I think having a facility somewhere would be an awesome thing. Um, somewhere near the coast, like a bunkhouse, a place to bring them to where, you know, we could kind of have a constant flow of people. Yeah, that would, that would certainly be great. Um, but I think, the fact that we're in the Midwest is, like I said, kind of a blessing because, you know, 
removing somebody from geographically from what's stressing them right. uh, is is a benefit, um, you know, and and having somebody go out into the water and out in the lineup that's never been out there before. And, you know, they they don't have to listen to the radio. They can't bring their gun out there. They don't mm-hmm. have to look over the shoulder worried that somebody's going to walk up behind them or what's around the next corner. Um, and having them kind of solely focused on the task at hand is 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 uh, is a great thing. But, yeah, having a facility on the coast would be awesome as well. Nice. Nice. Great goals to have. Great goals to have. Thanks. So, Rob, I, first of all, I, I enjoy every time we talk, I enjoy our conversations. Um, but so I'm curious. I know that you have this, uh, your swell going on and that you're a service since I've since you've been in. I don't even know since your whole life, it sounds like that you've been in service. So what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? Uh, You know, like we talked about before, kind of very similar to your aspirations and that's to, to bring people up and build them up um, and hopefully extend their career and be a a man of, of honor and uh, integrity and, and service and hopefully impact others as positive as others have impacted me. Awesome. 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 And how can people connect with you? What's your website, what's your social media, all of that? Yeah. So we're on Facebook, which is, uh, at the swell. And then our website is the swell. That's S W E L.org. And then our Instagram is hashtag the swell mission. And again, that's S W E L only one L. Nice. Nice. And if someone wanted to connect with you directly, is there a, do they go to like, are you on LinkedIn or do they just set, is there a place to send a message on your website? Yep. So both, uh, there's a contact on our website and then also I am on LinkedIn. I'm new to it. So be nice trying to figure all that out. But yeah, <laughs> You can find my LinkedIn as well. I'll be in, I'm the guy that's wearing the swell hat and the swell hoodie on the beach. Which is so awesome that you're on social media. Cause I was like, what? You're on social media? <laughs> Well, it's funny because I have been off social media. I've never been on social media until, well, I think February. I was going to say, I think when we met in January, you're like, no, I'm not on that. I'm like, oh, okay. Never never does. So yeah, it's been a huge learning curve trying to figure all that out. So welcome to the dark side, I guess, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm addicted now for sure. I'm, I'm not on TikTok yet, though. Oh, oh, that'll be fun. I'm sure. <laughs> and I, and I have to say your Instagram is so like aesthetically beautiful to look at. Your pictures are done so well and every, you know, on all the merchandise that you guys have is just beautiful. Anyway, uh, the colors are great and, you know, it's, it's very unisex friendly and, you know, it doesn't have to be man or woman, but both could wear the same thing. In fact, I think everything is unisex, isn't it? Or you yeah, do with have the of the, we've got some ladies tank tops. But yeah. you know what? If you want to support it as a bro tank, I'm sure it'd be fine. Too. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and I, like I said, um, Rob, it's just always a pleasure to, to talk with you and meet with you. And I always like to leave with this question, which is uh, what scripture, phrase, or mantra are you living by right now? Wow. Um, gosh. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's something my dad taught me long ago is if you can be proud of yourself, that's what truly matters. Um, you know, throughout your life, you'll have supporters and people that um, are naysayers. 
But if you can look in the mirror and say, I'm proud of what I've done today, then, you know, that's, that's really the true key to happiness. Mm. So I, I guess that might be kind of how I've tried to live my life. Um, and, you know, I've always had very high expectations of myself and, and really, um, you know, kind of expect the most out of myself and hopefully achieve that. Well, I have to say, I hope you're proud of yourself because you've done an amazing job with everything you're doing. Well, I'm just, I'm, I've been very lucky and blessed to meet people like yourself that uh, have really helped to realize kind of my mission and and dream. Mm, Thank you. And again, like I said, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Shay. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.